Welcome to the Reaching Forward podcast. Who wants a blessing? We started a Bible study last Tuesday. It was an introduction to filling your bucket with blessings. I want a blessing. We look and took our Bible reading from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5 and beginning at verse 3 and ending at verse 11. Right now we're going to look at the first blessing. Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's get ready to put a blessing in. Let's pray. We need God's blessing. Father, have your way in this time of Bible study. Lord, let this Bible, God, infiltrate all of the circumstances and and thought processes that we're going through and let it have dominion. Let it have authority. Let it have leave a mark of the master. And we play, pray this in in Jesus' name. If I think if you think I'm excited, I am. I'm very excited to talk about God's word. After a tough and discouraging day at work, Melvin, not a Melvin you know, just Melvin. Melvin plopped himself on the couch and began wallowing in self-pity. He moaned to his wife, nobody cares about me. In fact, the whole world hates me. Without even looking up from her work, Melvin's wife replied, that's not true, honey. The whole world couldn't possibly hate you because most of them don't even know you. We see this first blessing, and you read it, and you're kind of like, wait, what? (laughs) And really, the Sermon on the Mount is very counterintuitive. It's kind of like a Christian counterculture. And I don't mean that we wear like weird shoes and grow our hair funky, but the way that Christians act is just not like the rest of society, because our blessings are different, our God is different, and consequentially, we are different. I want to look, want to look at the, the construction of these blessings. And they, they kind of follow a similar breakdown. So let's look at it. The, the first part is the condition. Part A. Part 1. Blessed are. Now that's interesting because it talks about a future, excuse me, not a future state or a hope, but a present tense. You're blessed. Jesus said you're blessed now. You know, it's okay to show it. The Bible says, beloved, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, now we are the sons of God. Not just when we get to heaven. Now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There's a, a section in John chapter 14. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and receive you that where I am, there ye may be also. The Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're blessed now. The second thing, so first we have the blessed are, the present tense blessing. You're just blessed. The second thing is the actual godly characteristic. And, and these nine blessings, and we're going to just count through nine, every blessed are. The godly characteristic is poor in spirit. Now, poor literally means 
in this place, in the first blessing, to crouch or cringe like a beggar. Now, but Jesus didn't say poor in wallet (laughs) or poor in health. God will bless you. 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2, it said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That's uh, financial prosperity. And be in health. That's physical prosperity. Even as thy soul prospereth, that is spiritual prosperity. So the attitude, though, here is the kind of the beginning. And we're going to get to that. But it's an attitude of humility. An attitude of of humility. You know, you just get saved. You don't feel like you're worthy of anything. Hi, you're poor in spirit, but you're blessed. A story is told of two women in Shanghai in China who are discussing the topic of pride and begin to wonder if Hudson Taylor, who was a a great missionary, was ever tempted to be prideful because of his many accomplishments. One of the women decided to ask Taylor's wife, Maria, about it. Maria promised the woman she would find out. When Mrs. Taylor asked her husband if he was ever tempted to be proud, he was surprised. Proud about what? he asked. About all the things you have done, his wife explained. Taylor responded, I never knew I had done anything. You see, Taylor understood being poor in spirit was a blessing. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Being poor in spirit means to be literally crushed in spirit where you don't think you're anything. Well, you know, that's the beginning of salvation, isn't it? God begins to be everything, and we don't see the power in ourselves. It's not self-esteem. It's this kingdom of God in us that we don't even understand, and we don't know why God's doing it for us. We don't know why God chose to love us. But you see, God gets the glory when we are not full of pride. In Judges chapter 7 and verse 2, the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand hath saved me. So God said, basically, you got too many people. Isn't that weird? He said, your army's too big. So they started with 32,000, and they whittled it down to 300. Whew. Now, if I was a general, I wouldn't like those odds. But you know what? God came through, and with those 300, they defeated the Midianites. Poor in spirit. It's an attitude that says, I must decrease and he must increase. And the third part of each each blessing is the reason that you're blessed. It's an explanation, not the characteristic, but the explanation. Well, it says theirs is the kingdom of heaven. A declaration of the present, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, God has given us his best for our worst. It said that there was a converted Hindu and he gave the following address to a number of his fellow countrymen. And he said, I am by birth of an insignificant and contemptible caste. So low that if a Brahmin should chance to touch me, he must go bathe and bathe in the Ganges, which is a river, for the purpose of purification. Now, if you don't know about the caste system, there are... There are several uh, kind of insurmountable levels 
like a totem pole. And if you're born into one caste, good luck. You're stuck there. Your family's stuck there. They don't like you to intermarry with other castes. You're just stuck there. If you think that's not fair, right, it doesn't seem fair to an American, but that's the way that it is in a lot of parts of the world, especially in India. You're stuck there. So this man said he was from that lower, one of the lower castes, where if the Brahmin, which is the top caste, would even touch him, he would have to go wash off touching that icky person. And yet he said, God has been pleased to call me. Not merely to the knowledge of the gospel, but to the high office of teaching it to others. My friends, do, do you know the reason of God's conduct? It is this. If God had selected one of you learned Brahmins and made you the preacher when you were successful in making converts, bystanders would have said it was the amazing learning of the Brahmin and his great weight of character that were the cause. But now, when anyone is converted by my instrumentality, no one thinks of ascribing any of the praise to me. And God is his due has all the glory. You know, that it's designed, this first blessing is designed to understand really that first step by experience of a Christian. That God is everything, and I don't understand why I'm getting blessed because I don't feel so special in myself. Ha <laughs> ha! Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know that a ladder, if you've ever climbed up a ladder, it has this step. They call them rungs, right? And it's almost on the ground. Even if you're a little kid, you can get off the ground from where you are and get that first step. You know that sometimes in our life, and these, these blessings are going to continue, but we've got to go down the stairs or down the ladder back to where we realize that God's everything and we're really nothing. We must see our need before we see his blessing and wealth. See, the gospel comes to where you are. The Bible, it really says, come as you are, but not stay as you are. This is a great beginning. There's a song that says, the gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord. It was so vast a crossing I could never ford. From where I was to his domain, it seemed so far. I cried, dear Lord, I cannot come to where you are. And then the, the chorus says, he came to me. Oh, he came to me when I could not come to where he was. He came to me. That's why he died on Calvary. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. Being poor in spirit is a great beginning. It gives you the kingdom of heaven. It sets that great crown on a humble head, not on a proud head, not on a I can do, uh, I, I'm, all, I'm all good. You know, you invite some people to church and say, I'm good. There's not one good. No, not one. <laughs> John Bunyan said, he that is down needs fear no fall. He that is low no pride. He that is humble ever shall have God to be his God. But when we're put in that humble beginning, the Bible also awards you 
It seems that you've got nothing and yet you've got everything. There's a, a quote I heard. It said, speak what you seek until you see what you spoke. God gives us all of these promises and it doesn't seem like there's no way it's going to happen to me. But God said, you're blessed. You might not think you're anything of yourself, but God said, ask and you shall receive. Speak what you seek until you see what you spoke. With that humility as a beginning, really isn't that our desire anyway? As far as you go in God to have whatever accomplishes, He works through you. I make a coffee for my wife in the morning usually and we carry it upstairs and if my daughter's up, I'll ask her, I'll say, Emma, do you want to be a servant? Who wants to be a servant? Ew, right? Preacher, I want someone to serve me. I know that kind of seems like being a servant's not so cool, but but in John chapter 13, beginning in, in, in verse 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. Now, Jesus had a full revelation of who he was. What did he do about it? Well, he rose from this last supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself and, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And of course, Peter was incredulous and he said, are you, are you trying to wash my feet? And Jesus said, you're not going to get it. You don't know what I'm doing now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said, thou shalt never wash my feet. Well, Jesus looked at him. I can imagine Jesus' look. You ever got the look? He said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Peter began to declare to wash other body parts. Just wash me. Well, Jesus said, I've given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. The Gospel of Mark said, And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, we really value service. Have you ever, uh, you know, people have a job, it's a waiter, and they, they serve people. You ever have someone come up to you, I'll be taking care of you today, and they make you feel good, and you leave them a tip. And if enough people leave them a tip, waiters can actually make good money for good service. And if you have a smartphone, how much do you pay every month? Oh, preacher, I don't want to talk about it. My bill is due tomorrow. Or preacher, they're going to cut my service off and I won't be able to hear this podcast. Pay your bill. <laughs> it's cell phone service, isn't it? Well, it's a blessing to have a cell phone. You see, the first blessing, it sounds like you don't have anything, but... It shares that we already have the kingdom of heaven. We already have the kingdom of heaven. I remember when I was in the Marine Corps, I, I wasn't very good at shooting. Now in the Marines, you say, well, it's not a big deal. No, no. In the Marine Corps, it's a big deal. So I was checking my service record book, and the first time I shot sharpshooter, there are three badges. The lowest is marksman. It looks like a target from... Uh, like a bow and arrow square target and and uh, literally it's called it's called a pizza box affectionately you don't want that one the middle one looks like a cross pretty cool because I'm a Christian that's sharpshooter and the top one it was some crossed rifles uh, that that's the expert badge you're going for that in the Marines it's a big deal to shoot well well the first time I shot in boot camp I shot sharpshooter pretty cool looking cross badge 
The next time, as I went into the, the fleet Marine Corps, I shot marksman. Eh, wasn't too happy about that. Well, this, the third time I shot, I shot the lowest you could ever shoot and still get a badge. Marksman, the lowest. In fact, I, I, don't, I don't even know. Maybe someone helped me out when they were pulling targets. I, I was having a bad day. I remember crying <laughs> when I was done. Crying. And I don't cry a lot, right? But I was crying uh, by myself. I don't think in front of everyone else, right? But, and, uh, but I was also going to church and I was serving God. And I didn't know, I, didn't, I wasn't confident in my abilities to shoot. Well, according to my record book, uh, maybe a month or so after I shot so low. We were getting ready to go to the range again, and I was worried about it. I didn't trust in myself. I didn't think I was going to do very well. And I, you know, I barely qualified last time. Not a good history. And I remember after a church service, we were having a church in Oceanside, California. I was in the Marine Corps, and there was a, a brother. He was getting out of the Marine Corps and he was going back home and I think he was from California somewhere. And I remember after service and after fellowship, it must have been uh, like, a, like a Wednesday or something after a midweek service. I think we had a Wednesday midweek service or perhaps it was, maybe it was a Sunday night service, but the rifle range was starting the next day. We were shooting the next day. It wasn't warm up. It was go day. So you start that, that morning real early. I mean, like before the sun comes up, you're going to the rifle range. So you want to get your beauty sleep, especially if you just got a pizza box the last two times in a row and barely qualified. Well, God laid on my heart after church to talk to this brother and encourage him. You know, he was getting out of the Marine Corps. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know if they were very good, but... God laid it on my heart, go hang out at the bus stop with him, encourage him. And so I did. Here comes the rifle range. Well, to make a long story short, I shot the best I had ever shot. I got expert. And the great part is that was the last time I shot in the Marine Corps. The fourth time and the last time. And so I got to keep that expert badge on my uniform. That was my forever badge. Uh, you know, a lot of people shot better and a shot expert several times in a row, but I shot it once and I was happy. Well, you know, the Bible said, blessed are the poor in spirit. I wasn't trusting in myself. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, the kingdom of heaven came through for me in that day. And the kingdom of heaven and all the blessings of the kingdom of heaven, they're there for the believer. And these blessings are the blessings of the believer. So take that blessing and stick it in your bucket. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Start being blessed now. You're not supposed to feel it. You're not supposed to be full of yourself. You're supposed to be full of all the promises of God. Because every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. That he hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want to end with this. The, the song, uh, lyrics of this song. I won't sing it. I'll spare you. Okay. I sang an altar call once and the, the, the pastor <laughs> about 20 years ago, he stopped me. He like kind of, you know, the hand over the neck, like, brother, stop, because it was probably that bad. We wanted to draw people to Jesus and not push them away from Jesus. So I'll just speak the song lyrics. And it's called The Master's Strong Hand. No, I'm not a rich man with diamonds to bring. And I'm not one for saying I can do anything. I'm nothing. 
nothing and no one. I'm just one more grain of sand. Except I've been touched by the master's strong hand. Oh, I feel the touch of the master's strong hand. It's leading me on through this wearisome land. My footsteps would falter too wide the gulf to span, except for the touch of the master's strong hand. Put the first blessing in your bucket. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Humility is okay, Christian. Sometimes we need a good dose of it, but we can trust Jesus. God bless you. Hope to see you in church this Sunday.